Welcome to Wiffle's Press Box Podcast, where we discuss the latest topics in the professional world of sports. Enjoy our exclusive interviews with athletes, coaches, insiders, and fans. And now, here's your host, Gary Wiffle. The Green Bay Packers shocked the world last Sunday, upsetting the heavily favored Dallas Cowboys in the NFC playoffs. Now, can the young and restless Packers shock the world again and upend the heavily favored San Francisco 49ers on Saturday? Hello, I'm Gary Wolfel, and thanks for joining Rob Reichel, the all-pro reporter for Forbes.com, and I for another action-packed Packers podcast. Rob, how are you doing in this bone-chilling morning? <laughs> uh, let's... Let's just say this. I, I'm glad I don't have to play a game outside in, in this weather or cover a game outside, Gary, in this weather. I don't mind snow, you know, whatsoever. We, you know, we got the better part of two feet dumped on us where I am last, whatever it was, Friday, Saturday. But, man, Gary, when it goes to minus 30 or whatever with the wind, that is that is tricky. I, I would not have wanted to have been a, a chief season ticket holder or something last saturday night i i certainly oh, wouldn't I know that that, that was absurd that. i'm not sure why they even played that game i, I know it's tradition the game must go on but sometimes yeah. i think you gotta use your your, your head and say hey, you know th- th- this is unbearable so anyways <laughs> well, it didn't seem I, to I, i'm getting soft in my old age rob <laughs> uh, you are getting soft buddy i was gonna say it didn't didn't seem to bother Patrick Mahomes and his guys that much. So no, no, he, he's he's obviously amazing. You know, I, I think I told you before we started this podcast. Uh, I left my car outside overnight, which was a major, major mistake. And uh, <laughs> of course, when I tried to start it, it wouldn't start. Bat, that dead battery came on, light came on the dashboard, and then I let let it sit for about 15, 20 minutes. I go back, try to restart it. And like every light on the dashboard started lighting up and I go, Oh my God, this thing's going to blow up. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you grow up in, in the Northern climes, of the United States, I don't think you realize how cold it is. You know, I will say this, and, and this is why I love the Midwest and, and the tough nature of people here just in general, 90% of, of people, Gary, just kind of go, Oh, well, wow, Right. And don't think anything of it and say, why, you know, why are these knucklehead newscasters spending the first 15 minutes of, of every, of every newscast telling me that the, the snow is coming, right? It's, it's Wisconsin, right? We, we know it's going to snow. We, we know it's going to be cold. I, I went to a Badger football game, Gary, right around Halloween with a, with a guy from California, which, which was my first mistake taking anyone from California anywhere, but that's a whole nother story. But Gavin Newsom, you want that publicly known? (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, and the, the, the kid had grown up in Wisconsin, Gary, uh, in, in, in Kenosha. So, you know, he should have a little bit of masculinity and toughness to him in general, but it was 45 degrees or something at, at kickoff. I mean, I, I was in shorts and a sweatshirt. I didn't, I didn't even have a coat and he cried the whole game about how cold it was. And I mean, I, I was ready to put him on a plane and send him back to the West coast. You're, you're, you're exactly right, Gary. We're, we're just cut from a different cloth here. Part of it is, I guess, getting used to it, but, but part of it is, part of it is the 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 beauty of the people in in this area right just just the ingrained toughness and and the ability to plow through a, a lot of this weather related stuff and i i i think it translates into you know overall the 
you know, the, the bigger picture is just, just how hard they work, how hard we work as a people in, you know, in, in these parts, I'm off on a total tangent, Gary. I know we were going to talk Packers <laughs> Cowboys and ad nauseum and Packers 49ers, but, but it's, 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 it's my two minute rant of the, the pride of the Midwest, Gary, pl- you know, plowing through two feet of snow and 30 degree below weather. It's, it's, it, it's what makes these people, you know, such a good hearty bunch. Well said, sir. <laughs> you know that that reminds me they had the uh, iowa caucuses last night and you know it was just bitterly cold in iowa but reports said that was like the third largest turnout for the caucuses in iowa awesome. i mean awesome. to, you know those people i i've always said the best pe- people in the world are from iowa until i run into a bad person from iowa i'm standing by my statement they, they are just great people and gary Again, I don't want to go crazy and go off on tangent. I, but you I saw, will. <laughs> I, I'll try to keep it to 10 seconds. I saw how they were counting the ballots. They were doing it by hand. Enough said. What good people they are in Iowa. All right, let's move on. <laughs> no mysterious bags of ballots found last night, Gary. You know, 40,000 mysterious votes showed up all of a sudden overnight in Iowa. But, Rob, the, you know, the this is the preseason game, right? The big game. The big game. The real game isn't until November, so we'll see. Yeah, you got that right. You got that right. Gary. So, anyways, hey, hey, before we delve into the uh, Packers 49ers game, which, which is going to be just, I think, really crazy good, let's kind of reflect on the uh, Packers game from last Sunday in Arlington. And uh, to say the least, the Packers, who were like seven point dogs, played like a pack of angry dogs. I mean, they were unconscious. I mean, they, they smoked the Cowboys and that game was over before it was way over. And uh, I'll tell you what, you and I, I think we both predicted that the Packers would win. Right. As I recall, we did. Yeah. I mean, the scores we picked were, were almost identical, Gary. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe we deserve jobs at Fox. Okay. Well, anyways, uh, I'll, I'll tell you what, I, I, you know, again, we both, we both picked them, but I don't think neither of us envisioned the Packers having such a dominant performance. I mean, all three phases of the game, offense, defense, special teams, for the most part, played at a really high level. Yeah, I mean, Gary, there's there's no way to predict, right, 27 nothing and, and 48-16 at one point in time. I I mean, you and I, I think both said it on the podcast last week, but my belief greatly in that game was if they could hang around and make it a fourth quarter game, all the pressure shifted to Dallas just due to Mike McCarthy's future, Dak Prescott's failures in the postseason, you know, the incredible demanding owner lurking in a box and everybody knows that he's being shown by the television stations 12 times through the course of the, of the game. And, you know, the power that, you know, trickles down from, from his box and, you know, the pressure that puts on so many people in inside that building and green Bay, Gary, the youngest team in the playoffs in almost 50 years playing with house money, absolutely nothing to lose should have gone in there loose. And and it's exactly what they did. And, you know, my belief Gary was if they could have made, you know, if, if if they got to the fourth quarter and the game was close, they they were going to win. But I mean, Gary, they they put that thing away by halftime. I think they scored touchdowns on five of the first six drives. You obviously got the enormous interceptions from Alexander and and Savage. Savage returns his for the touchdown. Alexander's leads to a touchdown. 
You're exactly right, Gary. You know, in, in all three phases, they were really good. The only real blip to me, and I'd be a little concerned if I'm Green Bay going to San Francisco, is Carlson missed another extra point. I mean, if that's, Gary, if that is a, you know, if that's a 23-21 game somehow Saturday night late, and Green Bay's got fourth and six at the 30 with 28 seconds left or something like that, you do wonder if Lafleur goes for it or, tr- or he trots Carlson out there to try to win the game because the kid has been so up and down through the course of the year. That was the ninth time in 11 games, Gary, nine of the last 11 that he's missed a kick, either a field goal or an extra point. I mean, that's, that is concerning going out to San Francisco, but aside from that, and and you know me, Gary, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll find the mole on Cindy Crawford, I guess, if, uh, you know, if, if, if a problem exists somewhere, right. And, but well, there, you there know were... what, Rob, yeah, yeah, I hear you. I talked to a bunch of people, you know, since the game, right. And it's just another indicator of how spoiled Packer fans are. Every <laughs> one of them was complaining about something right from the get go, you know, like they should, they should have won by more, you know, I mean, right down the line it, and I go, wait a second. They blew the Cowboys off the map. I mean, right. like like you said at halftime, it, I mean they needed a miracle to come back, a flat out miracle, and that wasn't going to happen. So, but I, I just find it incredible that people would nitpick such an incredibly good game by the Packers. Uh, it, it just kind of blows me away. Well, and Gary, the thing I told a lot of people since the game on on what what was it uh, Sunday afternoon was. These are the salad days, right? With teams we've seen around here through the, through history of of various teams and organizations and things like that. When when a group comes into a season with with very minimal expectations, if any, right? And let's be honest, that there were almost no expectations whatsoever for the twenty twenty three Green Bay Packers. Those and and they and they come out of nowhere, Gary, and surprise you with it with a ridiculously good season like the Packers are now in the midst of. Those are the ones that should be most pleasing and the and the and far and away the best ones for fans, uh, the most enjoyable. Uh, you know, Gary, it reminds me of the early Favre years. It reminds me of the 2010 Packers, right? When it when a team kind of comes out of nowhere and you don't expect great things and they give them to you because. Because, Gary, you and I have been around a long time, right? Two, three years down the road, things are going to be a lot different, right? Guys are going to be in contract years, and they're going to be complaining that this guy got paid and this one didn't, and that's going to be the headlines. And now you you might have loved this guy in 2023, but you don't love him in 2025, right? The nature of this beast, Gary, is we build people up, and they're superheroes early, and then they eventually get torn down. And you just wonder. I mean, everything is perfect right now, and, and Rosie and – and and jolly with with the Jordan loves and everybody else on on that team, but you know what's going to happen in the next couple of years, right? Somebody's going to get paid, somebody's not. This guy's going to get the subway endorsement. That guy's not going to get it, right? Jordan loves going to do something where his you know his remarkable popularity right now in the public dips for whatever reason. It's 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 just the nature of the beast, right? It's it's how it happens. So I tell everyone, enjoy the heck out of this right now. It's unexpected. This team is remarkably likable. They get along well. There's no internal bickering. The, these guys do genuinely seem to care about each other because Gary, you just don't know season to season if that's going to continue. Oh, you're absolutely right. You know, I, I was thinking the only way Jordan Love's popularity takes a dip is if 
he spotted hanging out with Aaron Rodgers at a club in New York. <laughs> you know it's inevitable, right? <laughs> there is no question about it, Gary. I, I, Gary, I don't know if you saw the meme that was out there. Big picture of Rodgers with the Jets background, and it says, "Thanks, Aaron Rodgers. We couldn't have done it with you." Yeah, um, yeah. Instead of done it without you, which is obviously the common phrase. I, th- I thought that was a that was a funny one making the rounds the other day. And, and well, you, you got to wonder what's going on with with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I'm sure he's cares? happy for love, and I'm sure. Who cares? A, yeah, but I mean, just just from a curiosity standpoint, I mean, you you wonder if he's really happy for the Packers' success or. The, the competitor in him said, damn, you know, Jordan's doing something I couldn't do the last couple of years, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, Gary, I mean, that was one of the biggest takeaways to me from that football game was, was the fact, you know, that, that green Bay had underperformed really in the playoffs, the, the, you know, they, they had been back to back number one seeds in 2020 and 2021 and lost a pair of home games. They, in 2022, they had a chance to get into the playoffs, biggest game of the year, home game against Detroit in, in week 18. All you've got to do is beat a Lions team that you've dominated in your building for three decades. Rodgers couldn't get that done. Rodgers couldn't get it done against Tampa Bay in the 2020 NFC title game. Rodgers couldn't get it done against San Francisco in the divisional round in 2021 when they scored 10 points, Gary. And, and Jordan Love in his first playoff appearance is relatively perfect, right? I mean, yeah. had he not at re-entered that football game, Gary, his quarterback rating would have been a perfect 158-3. He re-entered when Dallas had a couple of late scores and and throws the incompletion, and then it dipped to 157-2. But, Gary, what Love did on Sunday in his first playoff appearance was was just absolutely remarkable. It was the fourth-highest passer rating in the history of the sport. It was, you know, a tied... Uh, C.J. Stroud for the highest ever in his first playoff appearance. Forget just the raw numbers, right? Which 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 are mind-boggling in terms of what he did. It, Gary, it, it was the fact he made every throw imaginable. You know, ba- off his back foot, standing tall in the pocket, rolling to his right. I mean, it it didn't matter, Gary. Um, you know, he was making throws in that game that that were absolutely Mahomes like the touchdown to yeah, Romeo yeah. Dubs late. That one you're absolutely right again, Rob, but that one pass that he threw when he was rolling to his right, he threw it across the body. I forgot who was in the end zone, but that window was so tiny. That was one of the best throws I've ever seen. And, and you know, I, I saw it at different angles. And and maybe he was flirting with fire by throwing it that way, but I mean he threaded <laughs> that ball. Gary, that first touchdown pass he threw to Wicks on, you know, when Dallas brings the house and 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 rushes six and Wicks is left one on one and he, you know, and he kind of spins the defensive back and he gets to the middle and 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 Gary, it was almost like Love was enticing the pass rush. He was inviting it just to hold that ball an extra tick, right? Because he knew that was the amount of time Wicks needed to clear the corner and get the separation necessary. And Love just throws a dart off his back foot. I mean, Gary, it was yeah. very far Rogers esque. Um, you know, the and, and Gary, those are the kind of throws a couple of years ago. I would have told you I didn't think this guy could make. And and again, that's the growth and the evolution of, of Jordan Love. You know, I've I've been on the bandwagon since the start, but I I never and never, Gary, did I think you would see this level of quarterbacking, what you're in the midst of seeing, you know, from Jordan Love at, at, at this point in time, right? The well, nine game. Adam oh, Shine did. 
<laughs> Good old Adam, right? Uh, they'll have to bring him to Green Bay, Gary, at, at some point. Uh, that would, that would, Adam that Shine would Day at Lambeau Field. Yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah, exactly. Adam Shine Day. Howard um, was, was down on him, too. You know, he was another national guy that was, you know, saying that love wasn't going to amount to anything. He has since retracted that. Uh, to his credit, but uh, Gary, there is a long, long list of people, including several on the beat today, that were screaming and yelling, Why didn't they draft T Higgins, right? Or whatever, they would have won a Super Bowl with T Higgins. Why didn't they take this guy or that guy? What was Gutekunst thinking, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. And it, it, it is funny, Gary, to watch. A lot of those same people these days backtracked and run and 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 you know try to you know try to get as far away from some of those early statements that they did make re- regarding Jordan Love. Again, I'm I'm far from a Nostradamus, Gary, when it comes to predicting some of these guys. I'll 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 tell you right now. I I thought 25 years ago, Cade McNown with the Bears coming out of UCLA was going to be a Pro Bowl player, and so you know hey, I you weren't alone. You are I've missed as many Gary as I've hit, but with love, I, I, I really thought from the get go that, that this was going to work out, that the timing was excellent, that he could watch for a couple years behind Rogers. But Gary, I will say this again, he's the MVP of the league in the second half of the season. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they, if they only voted from November to today, he's the MVP of the last nine football games, you know, with the 21 touchdowns and, and one pick and numbers off the charts, you know, the, the passer rating pushing 120 and, and things to that effect. So we'll see where it goes from here, Gary, but I, I never ever thought he would play at this level where we're talking about him as probably one of the best five quarterbacks in the league. I, I thought maybe Gary, the ceiling was around 10, which you can win a Super Bowl with a guy who's in the top 10 and you've got to have a lot of really good players around him. Jordan Love right now, Gary, is playing at a level where he can put a football team on his back in the future and carry them to a Super Bowl. I mean, it's remarkable to say, Gary, but Green Bay got rid of a Hall of Fame quarterback and they upgraded to the position. It's crazy. <laughs> That's yeah. what's happened. Yeah, yeah, no. Well, we'll get into more about Jordan Love a little bit, but I, I just want to, uh, again, focus a little bit on the uh, Cowboys game because yeah, I, I thought that was one of, you know, you've seen – a lot of Packer games over the years. I've seen a ton of Packer games over the years. I, I thought that was one of the most impressive performances I've ever seen by a Packer team in a playoff. Uh, you know, I'm sure people can cite three or four others, but that ranks right up there. And uh, last night I was watching the game, and Troy Aikman went out of the way, and he, and he was just effusive in his praise of the Packers. And he, he was just so impressed by what they did. And I couldn't agree with him more. It was just... If you're a member of Packer Nation, this is a game that you're going to remember for a long time. Yeah, Gary, it was reminiscent of that 48-21 blowout of Atlanta on their way to the Super Bowl in 2020, or I'm sorry, 2010, when, when, when they went to Atlanta and won the divisional playoffs there. Gary, even to the point, if you remember that game well, Green Bay had a lead as they were creeping toward halftime in 2010, and Tremont Williams intercepts Matt Ryan yeah. and brings the thing back. And, you know, Darnell Savage did it at almost the exact same point in the football game where, where he had his pick six, uh, which, which was kind of freaky and odd. Gary, I, I thought the best Packer performance in the playoffs that, that I've seen in terms of an upset, you know, they went to San Francisco in 95 as an 11-point underdog in the divisional playoffs. And, and the 49ers were coming off a Super Bowl win 
Uh, they had blown out the Chargers the year before. Big favorite. Green Bay, kind of a team on the rise at that point in time with Favre. But you remember, Gary, they went out there and they jumped out to a 21-0 lead in the divisional playoffs. It was a it was a, it was a Saturday, January 6th of of 96, actually. It was the 95 season. And you know, they, they went on to to smoke them pretty good. It was 20, it was 27-17. San Francisco got a couple of late, late scores to make that thing interesting too. But that was a game, Gary, where Green Bay absolutely dominated on the defensive side of the football. And that was a funny game because you know, Leroy Butler and I have talked a lot about that game through the years. You remember back then, Gary, they were a four-three defense with Fritz. And that's why uh, I loved it. <laughs> I know you did, but in that game, Gary. Fritz switched to a three, four and Steve Young and Jerry Rice and, and, you know, and, and, and all those guys on, on the 49ers, it took them half the game to figure out what the Packers were doing, Gary, that they went three, four that game. And uh, it was, it was a huge reason for their success. Just like this game last week, Gary, too, the, the Packers in, in that game got a defensive touchdown. If, 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 if you remember, they got an early turnover and Craig Newsom picked up a fumble and ran mm. that one back yeah. for, a, for a touchdown. And it really kind of set the tone in, in that game. You know, Gary, these games where the Packers go in, you know, they they were a big underdog in that 2010 game to Atlanta, that Matt Ryan, Julio Jones team. Um, they were a big underdog this past week. Obviously, they were a big underdog in that 95 game where they went and won out in San Francisco. Gary, when they can play loose like that and play with house money, uh, you know, Matt LaFleur even talked leading into that game that, uh, you know, they had the nothing to lose mentality. They were going to take their shots, quote unquote, from you know, from time to time, Gary, it's exactly what they did, and 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 I would think they've got to enter San Francisco feeling very similar. Now, this is a much better football team. The forty, you know, and we'll get into this. The 49ers are a much better team than 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 Dallas is. I I, I think we kind of saw Dallas exposed for you know, I I wouldn't go as far as saying a fraud, Gary, but but a lot of Dallas's warts were exposed by the Packers in that football game. San Francisco doesn't have nearly as many of those, Gary. It's going to be a far greater challenge. But I think the Packers can go in there loose, Gary. Again, they're they're still playing with house money, and yeah, yeah. they can they can go in there and and I think Gary hang around and and really put a scare into that football team late. Just on that Cowboys game, uh, I don't want to belabor the point, but uh, it was such a great game uh, from from the Packers standpoint. But what to, what were your two really major takeaways from that game? I'll, I'll give you mine real quickly, then you can counter with yours. Sure. My number one was Lafleur keeping the pedal to the metal. He just kept staying on the attack. Uh, he he has a reputation of sorts of being conservative when his team gets out in front, but to his credit, he kept going. He knew they had to score points and they had to score a lot of points. And I think that factored in, into his uh, coaching decisions, but I, I came away really, really, really impressed with LaFleur and, and how he, you know, attacked the uh, moment. And the second one was Packers offensive line. I mean, yeah. there, there have been so many bright spots for the Packers in the last eight, nine weeks, but the offensive line did a tremendous job and, and if you were the Packers, you were concerned about, you know, Micah Parsons. And after the game, it's like, did Micah Parsons even play? This is the guy that had, if I'm correct here, had like 14 sacks coming into the game, and he didn't have any. So uh, major kudos to that offensive line. Yeah, two early holding calls against Parsons, and then he vanished, Gary. You know, 
I think he had three pressures on the day. So yeah, that was yeah. You'll take that all day. I mean, that, oh, that, that he's the type of player that can take over games. I mean, a lot of totally people are, you know, saying he, he's in the uh, hunt for the defense player of the year, but man, he was basically a non-factor. All right, Gary, I I think those are great. Um, I agreed with so I I checks in the mail. <laughs> I, I I put down two myself, and Matt Lafleur was my first. You know, you know, Jordan. Is that right? Was, Matt Lafleur was absolutely my first one, no question. Wow. You know, uh, Jordan Love, Aaron Jones, I think were obviously the main talking points and and the stories of the day, Gary. But but I said the Packers MVP that day was was Matt Lafleur. I I really thought his game plan was excellent, leaning on the run early. Uh, Gary, we talked on the podcast last, last week. The way to beat the Cowboys was on the ground, right? They were a top five passing defense. They were a top five defense overall, uh, total yards, scoring, et cetera. But Gary, their we- their weakness was was undoubtedly against the run, where they were middle of the pack in most areas. And you know that that first drive, for example, Gary's a twelve play drive. Packers go seventy five yards in twelve plays. Eight of the plays, Gary, are runs with Aaron Jones. They set the tempo early with Jones. It you know it made Dallas bring that second safety down into the box, and it opened so much of that middle of the field for for guys like Romeo Dobbs to to run totally free, Gary. And and Dobbs had the biggest game of 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 his career with the six for one fifty one. I just Gary, I, I thought Matt Lafleur's design, his play call, uh, his ability to get guys wide open. Gary, it, it looked like a you know a Big Twelve college football game where each side scores fifty six points. Right, nobody plays any defense. Only only the Packers were the were the were the ones exposing the the guys on the other side of the ball. The, the way Matt LaFleur designed things, Gary, to get a Musgrave open by 25 yards, to get Dobbs, you know, a couple of those crossers for Dobbs, Gary, where he's sitting down in the middle of the field against some zone stuff, he's open by 10 yards. I mean, that that just doesn't happen in the NFL. That, that doesn't happen sometimes in a high school game. And and the way Matt LaFleur was, was able to you know, scheme and get things open – We've heard about it all year, Gary, the Matt LaFleur offense and and if and if it's run properly, what it can do and and you are seeing now what it, what it can do with a quarterback that wants to run his offense unlike unlike the last quarterback who wanted to run the Aaron Rodgers offense and and that this is how it can look, Gary, and it's it's Hey, by it, the way, it, what did you get for Christmas from Aaron? <laughs> yeah, you know, I <laughs> That, 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 that's one that I'm probably still waiting on, Gary. I might wait a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't wait too long. <laughs> you know, the, the only my only minimal criticism of Matt, Gary, was you never take out your starters in a playoff football game earlier mid, midway through the fourth, maybe on the last drive of the game. I, you know, it, it went from 48-16 to 48-32 pretty quickly when he when he did clear the bench there, Gary. But aside from that, again, we're nitpicking. Aside from that, I thought Matt LaFleur was absolutely excellent. And then, Gary, my, my second takeaway, I thought about this about midway through the game, maybe right around halftime when they, when they were blowing him out. Green Bay has had some remarkable draft classes through the years, Gary. Do you remember who Jack Venisi was by chance? Yeah, of course. Sure. Okay, so Jack Venisi put together those great Packer teams that won, you know, Super Bowl championships through the 60s for those out there who don't know. You know, it's it's kind of a sad story, Gary. You know, Jack Venisi was the head of scouting for Green Bay. He, He worked there until 1960. He was there from 50 to 60. But he had a massive heart attack, and then he died in in 1960 so he never got to see the fruits of his labors 
you know, Gary, all those guys he put together, you know, he, he found Taylor and Ringo and Greg and, and, and Bart Starr and Horning and Jerry Kramer and Nitschke. I mean, he drafted all those guys, Gary. I, I heard of a couple of those guys. Yeah. Right. That went on and, <laughs> you know, that, that went on and, you know, won Super Bowls, you know, five and seven years or world championships. Gary, I thought to myself about midway through that game, these last two draft classes, though, put together by Gutekunst, could rival. The, now, it, it's early, so I'm, we're, we're not going to, you know, put the cart before the horse quite yet. But these last two draft classes, Gary, have a real chance of rivaling some of those that Venisi put together, some of those that Ron Wolf put together. Go back and look. Ron Wolf's 95 draft and his 2000 draft are legendary. It, it wound up leading to a Super Bowl championship in 96 and, and, and really paved the way for the Packers to stay dominant. Ted Thompson had some incredible drafts. You know, we, we know that, Gary, the, the Clay Matthews, B.J. Rajay one jumps out, which helped them win the 2010 Super Bowl. But, Gary, I'm telling you, these, these back-to-back draft classes that Gutekunst is in the middle of right here, let, let me just read you this real quick. In 2022, okay? Okay. Quay Walker, Quay Walker Devontae Wyatt, Christian Watson, Sean Ryan, Romeo Dobbs, Zach Tom, who's quickly becoming the best right tackle in football, you know, Kingsley Anigbari, Rashid Walker. Those eight guys, Gary, all had major roles in the football game on Sunday. Now go to this year, the rookie class, okay? These guys are rookies. Lucas Van Ness, uh, Luke Musgrave, Jaden Reed, Kraft, Colby Wooden, Sean Clifford, who's obviously the backup quarterback, Dontavian Wicks, Carl Brooks, Anders Carlson, Carrington Valentine, who starts at corner, and even Anthony Johnson, Gary, who played really well at safety, you know, in about the 20 snaps that he got on, on Sunday afternoon. Gary, that's 11 guys from this last draft class of 13 people. So you're talking eight guys from 22 and 11 guys from 23 that are all on rookie contracts making next to nothing that had, you know, the majority of those guys, Gary, had enormous impacts on the football game. I just thought to myself during that game, Brian Gutekunst, who a lot of people wanted to kill for drafting love, wanting to trade Rodgers. It's not getting a wide receiver here or there, yada, yada, yada. Has put together back-to-back draft classes, Gary, that are going to carry this organization for the next five to ten years and keep them among the NFL's elite. And it's just a remarkable, remarkable accomplishment what he's done with those draft classes. Yeah, agreed. You know, you know it's funny you brought that up because uh, yesterday I was just peeking up peeking ahead to the upcoming draft and the Packers is going to add five more players in the first Early. three rounds. Right. And, and I'm thinking, you know, I'm thinking like I was stretching when I got beyond the second round as to where I wanted to go with, with positions. And I, I don't want to get into the draft too much here, but the Packers have very few holes on both sides of the ball. I mean, it, it's amazing. Like you said, those last two classes have plugged so many of them. No, you're right. I mean, I I think they'll probably take a left tackle, Gary. I, I think at the end of the day, Walker's probably a really good swing tackle. I don't know that he's a thousand snap guy for a season to to throw in at, at, at left tackle. If AJ Dillon leaves, Gary, they'll need a running back to pair with with Aaron Jones. 
They probably need a couple of safeties. I'd keep drafting defensive backs, right, and defensive linemen. Um, That really never gets old, and you hope to hit on that. And, and Gary, even though they have this plethora right now of young, gifted wide receivers running all over the place, you know, the one mistake Ted Thompson did make – he got Aaron Rodgers a lot of weapons early, right? And 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 he loaded up in some of those early Rodgers drafts where he where he got him Nelson and Jennings and 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 Cobb and and James Jones and Finley and and later Devontae Adams. But but then they did really hit a lull, Gary. And you know the later part of the 2010s, they didn't have a whole lot at wide receiver. So you know again, we'll do plenty of podcasts and and draft lead up stuff. But to me, in today's world, Gary, where offense wins the day. You can never have enough pass catchers. So, you know, it, it wouldn't shock me if Gutekun still goes and takes one or two of those guys. So, you know, they, they yeah. love the second round, Gary. Maybe that maybe they find one in round two. Yeah, yeah. Well, they, uh, like I said at the outset of the podcast, the Packers shocked the uh, world by beating the Cowboys. Man, I'll tell you, how would you, how would you like to have been at Jerry Jones's house late Sunday night? <laughs> or, or Mike or Mike McCarthy's. Yeah, yeah, that 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 was a uh, mausoleum probably at the uh, McCarthy's, you know. I mean, it was it, it had to be just brutal. But anyways, uh, Mike might but, have some time on his hands real soon to start yelling at high school officials again. Oh boy. <laughs> I like Mike McCarthy. I, I like Mike a lot. I like Mike a lot, but he he needs to check that at the door when he pays his five dollars to go watch Green Bay Notre Dame. I, I hear you, but anyways, uh, just moving on to the 49ers I think they're the last time I checked, they were at ten point favorites, and you know some people might say they should be even more, and, and they could win by more. They they could also lose, of course, but um. Three things, and, and we can keep these really brief, just three things sure. you think the Packers need to do to shock the world again. First off, Gary, I, I, I was shocked by the point spread. I don't know if you were, but, you know, it, the guys in the desert certainly didn't give the Packers a whole lot of credit for beating Dallas by four No, not at all. Or, or whatever it was. I, I, I was on a radio show yesterday morning and, and I hadn't looked at the line and they asked me and I, I guessed five and a half. I mean, I was, I was stunned Gary that it was more than a touchdown, but specifically to how they win this football game. And I do think it's possible, Gary, here's the first thing, right? San Francisco was out. So beat them through the air, not the ground. The way to beat Dallas, Gary was on the ground. Dallas was susceptible to the run you saw Aaron Jones go wild with another 100-plus yard game, find the end zone three times. It's a lot different come Saturday night. San Francisco is outstanding against the run. San Francisco is really good against, you know, on, on defensively anyways, Gary. But but if they do have some weaknesses, it's in the pass game. They're 12th against the pass, Gary. They've been picked on at various times, you know, by, by some high-level quarterbacks uh, along the way. About a month and a half ago, Gary, and I have a hard time saying this guy's name, but they lost arguably the best safety, certainly one of the three or four best safeties in football. And and they've had to try to try to go ahead and 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 re, and replace him, Gary. Talanoa Hafunga. I think yeah, that's how yeah. you say it. Yeah, you know, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't want to interrupt you here, Rob, but just yeah. real quickly. You, you you talked about them losing him. They lost Jimmy Ward last year too, and I know it doesn't show up, you know, in their their stats this year. But Jimmy Ward was a pretty damn good safety, and uh, he 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 bolted during free agency. 
Um, yeah, you love you love Ward. I know uh, he he's got Racine roots. You know that. <laughs> I know he does. Right. <laughs> no. Right. I mean, so Gary, if they are, and so so that's that's just where I was going. If they are, if there is a weakness, it's probably at safety. They've put in a rookie from Penn State, a third round kid. Not a bad player. He's going to be a really good player, I think, in time. But he's a rookie and he's learning. His name is Jair Brown. You know, he's he's, he's playing for Hafunga, uh, Gary. But he's been exposed and picked on a little bit since he had, he had to step in there. Um, I think it was mid-November or so when Hafunga tore his ACL. Um, so he's had about six games to get acclimated, Gary, and 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 kind of learn and um figure some things out but green bay will look to expose that gary so i think they can i think they can beat san francisco through the air more specifically gary the middle of the field i think that's going to be a place where they can take advantage of some things this could be a luke musgrave game gary i i have a feeling this could be a six for 90 kind of game from Musgrave. If, if they find a way to win the football game where he causes some damage, you know, up the middle, it's, it's why they drafted the kid Gary is because he's, he's a physical freak. He runs like the wind. They, they catch a huge break that he was able to come back here late in the year. Uh, you know, after, after getting hurt again against Kansas city, there's going to be some, you know, some opportunities for green Bay in the past game, because at the end of the day, you know, San Francisco can't cover the five guys that Green Bay is going to put on the field when they go, you know, five wides counting tight ends. Green Bay's number four and number five are going to be better than the four and five San Francisco trot out there, you know, at nickel and dime corner and uh, dime safety, whatever it turns out to be, Gary. If they go to that dime package, uh, Green Bay's four and five in the passing game are going to be better than what San Francisco puts on the field. So the key is they've got to get things blocked up front. Gary, which is going to be obviously an enormous challenge, right? I mean, San Francisco is even better than they were on the defensive line two years ago when they came into Green Bay and upset the Packers. But Gary, if they can block that thing up front, there's going to be some opportunities where love can take advantage of some things. So that's, that was my first one, Gary. If Green Bay is going to move the ball, they've got to do it and they've got to win through the air, not on the ground. This is not going to be an Aaron Jones game. Yeah. You know what? You and I are on the same page again. Um, I just have a different variation of this. I, I said love has to keep playing at his elite level. And uh, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I, I'm not impressed with the 49ers secondary at all. I, I think they're very, very suspect. You know, the law of averages are going to catch up with him, with uh, Jordan Love at some time. I mean, he's been on a heater now for like 10 straight games. And he, yeah. he's only thrown, what, one interception, I think, in that span. Yep. Uh, but but sometimes you know I mean he can't keep playing the <laughs> Hall of Fame uh, type football every every week. But uh, I, again, I, I'm I'm totally on board with the uh, attacking of the secondary, and I think they will. You're number two, Gary. They've got to move Brock Purdy. They they can't let him get comfortable. For those who whatever don't you know don't know, Purdy's the terrific quarterback for the 49ers. Gary, his numbers are almost identical to Jordan Love's. I was breaking that down earlier today. Love, Love finished the regular season, Gary, 32 touchdowns, 11 picks. Never, no, Nobody said boo about him for MVP through the course of the year. Brock Purdy was a leading MVP candidate most of the year, Gary, until he kind of had that four-interception game against Baltimore. Brock Purdy finished with 31 touchdowns, 11, 11 interceptions, Gary, um, almost identical to Jordan Love, and, and we know he was a leading MVP candidate, you know, the overwhelming majority of the year. 
Purdy is terrific, Gary, when when he can sit in the pocket, undisturbed. He's got outstanding pass catchers, as you know, as as as, as almost everybody knows, with Debo Samuel and Ayuk and Kittle and in in that you know that that really good band of of receivers, Gary. Uh, but Purdy is not a great athlete. I mean, there's a reason he was the last pick in the 2022 draft, a seventh round guy. So Gary, if they can get him off the spot, if they can make him move and and try to throw the football on the run, they can get any kind of pressure on him whatsoever. That's when they can succeed. I went and looked at this close today, Gary. There's three games this year where Purdy has had multiple interceptions. It was Minnesota who blitzes more than anybody in the league. It was Cincinnati who has a really good front seven. And then it was Baltimore who got him four times. And Baltimore might just flat out have the best defense in football, Gary. And all three of those teams hit Purdy a ton. There were knockdowns. There were pressures all over the place. They made him uncomfortable, Gary. They made him move from outside the pocket and or move out of the pocket and try to make plays outside the pocket. That is not a Brock Purdy strength, Gary. So if so if Rashawn Gary and Lucas Van Ness and Preston Smith and Kenny Clark can get home in this game, Gary, and force Purdy to make plays outside the pocket, there's going to be plays available, opportunities available for Green Bay secondary, guys like Alexander and Savage again, to come up with big interceptions, Gary. And as we know, that could completely alter a football game. Yeah, you know what, uh, Rob, you and I are, again, basically on the same page or the same line of thinking here. I had my number two key is the play of uh, Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith. And, and as you pointed out, Purdy, Purdy's a priority. But McCaffrey, they, they can't let McCaffrey get outside. And we've seen numerous times this season where Gary and Smith will crack down Instead of you know going straight up field and then coming in, they have come down. They've cracked down, and teams have taken advantage of that either on on reverses or just flat out getting the ball outside. You know, uh, quick hitters uh, to McCaffrey, for instance, could be in store uh, Sunday. But if the if those two guys bring their A games, I think the Packers got a legitimate shot because both of them are capable of playing at, you know, a very high level. And uh, if they can somewhat control McCaffrey and Purdy, I, I think the Packers are going to be right there. Yeah, they don't keep this stat, Gary, but but if they did, I could almost guarantee you Rashawn Gary would rank among the league leaders of losing containment on the edge. Yeah, yeah. It, it's just a real weakness in his football, in in, in his game, Period. It was one of the reasons I really questioned whether he deserved four years and $107 million because I get it. The sack numbers and the pressures wind up looking pretty good at the end of the year for him. But there's a there, there's a lot of fundamental breakdowns in his game, too. And the biggest one, Gary, is he loses contain on the edge. And and you hit a key one. I didn't have McCaffrey. I, I guess, Gary, I just anticipate McCaffrey's going to find a way to get 150 total yeah. yards yeah. because he's He's, he's Christian McCaffrey and he's just that good. And he's, he's going to work his way to the end zone at, at least once, but Gary, I get, you know, kind of like Raheem Mostart a few years ago when the Packers went out there and Mostart went nuts in that football game and they ran all over the place. The key is probably right. Keeping McCaffrey somewhere in total yards between let's say 120 and 150 and yeah. making sure he doesn't eclipse 200. And I think you just hit a really key area 
that probably falls on guys like Smith and Gary more than anybody. And I don't have a lot of confidence, Gary, that Rashawn Gary can succeed in that area because he hasn't done it against a lot of running backs that are, you know, far less talented than Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. And, you know, I, I have no clue, and I, I don't know how many people do, but I'm convinced Rashawn Gary's hurt, and and he's not playing at the level. I, I just saw too many plays in the second half of this season in particular where he looks slow. I mean, he's a hell of an athlete. I mean, he can run. He's got quickness. And for whatever reason, it's like he's got cement on, in his shoes. But, but come – Saturday, he's got to play at a high level. If they don't, uh, they're going to be in trouble. All right, I'll give you my third one, and if, and I think it was your first or your second one. Again, I th- there's no question, Gary, that, I mean, Jordan Love, you, you called it a heater. It's a perfect word. He's got to keep his heater going one more week. Gary, my belief is that this is the NFC Championship game Saturday night. I, I think agree. The the, I think the winner of this game beats Detroit or Tampa Bay, and, and might do it by two scores. I don't care where that game would be played. If Green Bay can find a way to get through this football game, Gary, they're, they're going to be playing in the Super Bowl here in a few weeks. And and undoubtedly, obviously, the key is, you know, Jor- Jordan Love continuing this this recent hot streak. Gary, we all know the numbers from the other day, right? 16 to 21, three touchdowns, no picks, passer rating almost perfect, blah, blah, blah. I dug even deeper into some of these stats. And let, let, let me let me throw a couple off you just to show how crazy crazy good Jordan Love has has been here. This is just from Sunday, Gary. Gary, he threw ten passes that traveled more than ten yards in the air. Okay, and he only threw twenty one balls, right? So he's not checking down the ball very often. Gary, in those passes, he was eight of ten for over two hundred yards. Balls that traveled more than 10 yards. So he's yeah. winging the ball all over the place, right? It's not check downs to Jones. It's not check downs to Kraft and Musgrave real often. He's whipping the ball all over the place. Gary, you remember how Aaron Rodgers, certainly late in his career, didn't like to use the middle of the field nearly as much as he did the edges? Jordan Love has no problem working the middle of the field. The other day, Gary, five for five on passes, up the gut more than 10 yards. Jordan, Jordan Love loves the middle of the field. And I think that's going to be totally available here in the 49er game. Gary Dallas blitzed him seven times in that football game. Okay. We remember back to his first start a couple of years ago, loves that is against Kansas city and Spagnola blitzed him like crazy. And it's, you know, Jordan love had no idea how to handle it. Matt LaFleur didn't handle it well. And the Packers lost that game to the chiefs the other day, Gary against Dallas, Jordan love against the blitz five out of seven. 152 yards and two touchdowns. Hmm. His average, his average throw, Gary, was 20 yards downfield. So he what he when when Dallas brought the brought pressure, when Dallas brought the house, Love said, I'm gonna make you pay deep, right? His average throw was over 20 yards. If San Francisco does the same thing, Gary, it could lead to a lot of big plays. So I I think if you're Matt LaFleur, I think if you're Jordan Love, I think even if you're the offensive line, you're saying Come after us. Blitz the heck out of us because Jordan Love has found a way to eat that sucker up. And whether it's Romeo Dobbs deep, maybe in this game, Gary, it's a Christian Watson play over the top. Maybe it's Musgrave down the seam for 38 yards or something like that. The Packers have a lot of ways to beat you when the 49ers blitz. If I'm Green Bay, Gary, I'm crossing my fingers that the 49ers want to blitz you 10 times in this football game. Yeah, no, no, you're spot on. Um, 
one of the more interesting aspects of, of the Packer Cowboys game was that the Packers are pretty much at full health on both sides of the ball, but especially in the secondary. And it's amazing what a difference that made. And in particular, having Alexander play like a Pro Bowl corner. I mean, he was fantastic until he got hurt in the second half. And uh, th this is my third one. Alexander has to play, and, and not only does he have to play, he's got to play just like he did against the Cowboys. Uh, the 49ers don't have a C.D. Lamb, but I think collectively that offensive group is second to none when you got Debo and, and uh, Ayuk and you have uh, Kittle. Th those are three tremendous players. And uh, if you take Alexander, by far and away the, the Packers' best cover game or cover guy when he's focused, the Packers are going to have trouble keeping the score down. So uh, that, that's my third one, uh, a healthy Jair Alexander. Well, he won't be healthy, healthy, right, Gary? But No, he won't be 100%. But if he's like he was, you know, against yep. the Cowboys. Yeah. Yep. I mean, and, and, and Gary, you said, and, and I, I, I think it's a great one. You said they need Jair Alexander to play to me, Gary, they also need him to finish. Um, yes. Yes. Kudos to, kudos to him for running out there last week and playing on a bum ankle and giving the Packers 40 really good minutes of football. Cause he left with about five minutes left in the third quarter, Gary this week though, they need 60. They got to find a way to get him through the football game. Even if maybe Gary from time to time, there's a little rest area here or there, something like that along the way. And they can spell him a little bit here or there. They need him at the end of that game, especially Gary, if it's close, they got to find a way to get him to the finish line. All right. Anything else you wanted to uh, point out about the game on Sunday or Saturday <laughs> coming up against, against San Francisco? No, Gary, I, I just, I think one of the really fascinating elements of this game is going to be, you know, the 49ers have been a real thorn in the Packers playoff side here for a number of years now. Yeah. Uh, you know, Brett Favre dominated the 49ers in, in the postseason. Um, you know, the overwhelming majority of his career. Um, and then Aaron Rodgers, who held a grudge against San Francisco forever uh, for bypassing him in the 05 draft, the one where he plummeted then. The 49ers had the first pick in the in the 2005 draft, passed on Rodgers. He wound up fa falling all the way down, you know, Gary, to, to, to 24, as we all know. There's a very famous TV interview after that where, where one of the guys asked Rogers, you know, what's your disappointment level that the 49ers didn't take you? And he said, well, I'm not as disappointed as the 49ers are going to be that they didn't draft me. Well, it didn't work out that way, right? 49ers and San Francisco beat Rogers all four times, Gary, that they met in the playoffs, beat him in 12 and 13 with Kaepernick, beat him, beat him in 19 in the NFC title game where the Packers fell behind 27, nothing at halftime. And then came to Lambeau Field, Gary, in the divisional round in 2021. And Rodgers and that offense could only put up 10 points. So, Gary, Rodgers never could go back and stick it to the 49ers like you know he wanted to do. Now Jordan Love gets that chance. And it's it's going to be fascinating theater to me, Gary, if he is somehow able to go into, into San Francisco. Is, do they still call it candlestick, Gary? I'm I'm teasing you, but uh, um, <laughs> yeah. if he can go if he can go into San Francisco, Gary, and and upset the 49ers, something Rodgers never could do. Man, we're talking about Jordan Love's popularity right now, Gary. Can you imagine what it would be in a week if he can upset the 49ers? Unbelievable.
Yeah, and I've said this on countless occasions, uh, you know, in in the last four or five weeks. Jordan Love is the most undercovered story from a national standpoint that I've seen in a long time. I mean, I don't think people realize how incredibly good he's been. What What is it, like 21 touchdowns and one interception, I think, in the last 10 games, if I'm not mistaken? I yep, mean, that, 21, that, that's a, 21 and one Gary over nine. You're over exactly nine. Right. Yeah. I mean, yep. That, yep. That, that's, that, that's just absolutely crazy. But uh, anyways, let, let's talk a little bit about some of the other playoff matches. We'll make this real quickly here. Sure. Uh, two things I wanted to say though, there's eight teams stand, eight teams standing in the playoffs. Robin, all of them have great quarterbacks for the most part. I mean, the NFC, you got love, you got Purdy, you got Goff. Mayfield, and then the AFC, of course, you got. I mean, you got a collection of Hall of Famers. You got Mahomes, Allen, Stroud, and Jackson. Uh, I, I think that tells you the importance of having a good quarterback, number one. And number two, of the eight teams still standing, seven of them ranked in the top 12 offensively. The, the only exception was Tampa Bay, but it just tells you about. Uh, today's NFL. If you don't have a great high powered offense, you're not going anywhere. So, Gary, Gary, I looked before the playoffs started. All 14 teams that were in the postseason were in the top half of total offense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you, I mean, you're you're exactly right. If if you cannot play offense in this league, forget about it. You're probably you're probably not making it to January football. And if you look at the flip side, everybody makes this big deal about defense. And yes, defense is important, but there's probably, I'm, I'm guessing, three teams minimum that were in the top 10 this year in defense that are watching the playoffs. So, uh, again, it's it's all about offense as it's been for many years now. So, okay, Rob, first game, Tampa Bay at Detroit. Who do you like? Detroit's favored by six. Yeah, I like them, and I think they might even cover Gary. You want to talk a guy that's, I wouldn't say undercovered, but, you know, underutilized is Jamar Gibbs. I, I, Gary, I, have you watched this running back much from Detroit? Oh, yeah. I, I remember him from Alabama. Yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I mean, Gary, he, he, he's got the moves of Barry Sanders and he, and he's got the power of, I wouldn't go as far as Earl Campbell, but I mean, he, he he's an incredibly powerful back. Um, they just don't give they just don't give him the ball very much, Gary. But every time they do, he finds his way to the end zone. You know, so um, I mean, I I've said for the last month or two, I I'd find a way to get David Montgomery out of there and 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 give Gibbs the ball, not nonstop. Goff uh, was 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 really good, I thought, against the Rams for the most part, right in a in a big pressure game for him. They they made key plays down the stretch. Gary, to me, that was a tougher matchup for Detroit, trying to find a way to beat the Rams than it's going to be to beat to beat Tampa Bay. I, I mean, I, I I like what Tampa Bay has done. I'm not buying Baker Mayfield though to go on the road and 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 win a big playoff game. It was one thing to do it against an Eagles team that that seemed to have kind of mailed things in for the 2023 season. It's going to be a lot different going to Detroit, Gary. It's going to be a frenzied atmosphere. I mean, they haven't they haven't seen a, a playoff football game like this in a long, long time, and um, so I, I'm going to say Detroit Gary by seven to 10. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to believe it or not go with Tampa Bay. Wow. And, and you and I talked about this last week. If there's a team that could sneak in and surprise people and you brought this up, you know, to your credit, it's Tampa Bay. 
I, I love their defense. I mean, nobody talks about their defense, but they got some really outstanding players in defense. And I like the fact that they have a veteran receiving core with with Evans and and Godwin. Um, I I think they're gonna they're gonna shock the world, and and that's not gonna be easy, you know, playing at at Detroit. That would be a shock, no doubt, Gary. Yeah. You are right on the defensive side. They, Gary, seven of their eleven guys from that Super Bowl defense are still there. Is that what it is? Seven. Seven of the starters from that yeah, 2020 yeah. Super Bowl title. And, and that so, was a great defense. I mean, so. Great defense. Yep. Yep. You know, it's not like they got significantly uh, worse since then. Uh, next game up, Houston at Baltimore. And uh, I got the Ravens. They're favored by nine points. I think they're going to cover. And it's going to be a long day for Mr. Stroud and company. I'm with you, Gary. That, that could be our blowout of the weekend. Again, Houston probably pretty darn happy to be one of the eight teams still standing after, you know, some, some years of futility there, a, a really, really rough year last year. N- nobody expected them to be one of eight Gary. They're a team on the rise. They're going to be heard from down the road. Um, but it's not, it's not going to be this weekend. There, there's no question about that. Baltimore well rested with the number one seed it Gary. It's the best group of pass catchers. I think Lamar Jackson has ever had. I, you know, I would argue it's as good of a defense as, as we have right now in the league. Um, and, and obviously Jackson can hurt you in every way possible. So Gary, I, I think this, this could be a two to three score game easily. Yep. Now this game, I don't think it's going to be a two to three score <laughs> game easily. And that's Kansas city at Buffalo. Uh, Buffalo is favored by two and a half points and they've been on Rob a heater. <laughs> they, they look like the best team in football right now, in my mind, in recent weeks. But uh, before the season, I, I picked the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. And my brain tells me to pick the Bills, but my heart tells me to uh, pick the Chiefs. So I'm going with the uh, with, with the Chiefs and uh, having Mahomes figure it out once again. Gary, he's figured it out at every step of his career, right? I, yep. I mean, every challenge thrown in front of that guy, he's he's figured it out, right? Whether it's you know Rashi Rice or the or they they decide to become a running football team or they get Kelsey involved again, I'm gonna pick Buffalo, Gary, just because I think they're the more complete team. I think it's the better sure. roster, top to bottom. I I think at some point in time, Kansas City not having wide receivers that are worth a lick. Um, is going to come back and bite him in the tail. It's probably going to wind up being this weekend. But Gary, nothing Mahomes does surprises you anymore, right? I mean, it's he, he, he's the best player. And I, Gary, I think it's the best two players in football going head to head in this game. I, you know, if, if I was if I was drafting right now, one and two, I'd start with Mahomes and and Josh Allen would be number two. Josh Allen to me, Gary, just has more complimentary pieces. He's got a he's got a nice running back. He's got more pass catchers. Their defense is solid. But I think it's a field goal game, Gary. I'm going to say 23-20 Buffalo. Yeah, yeah. No, that 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 is going to be an amazing game, I believe. I agree. That, and then, of course, uh, we, we've talked uh, ad nauseum about the uh, Packers 49ers game. But I want to get your prediction. Who do you like? Well, I like Green Bay to cover, first of all. I think 10 is way too many. I, again, I think Green Bay is an ascending team. These young guys are doing nothing other than getting better. And and Green Bay's future is remarkably bright. I just don't think it's real bright Saturday night, Gary. I, I think San Francisco's got too many ways to hurt you. I think eventually Joe Barry's defense gives up too much 
in the in this football game. And I, I think love comes back to earth a little bit. I still think he's solid, Gary. He's not going to have one of these kind of games that's legendary again, right? Where his passer rating is pushing perfection. Uh, I'm going to say 31-24 San Francisco, Gary. Wow. Well, again, I, I'm going to be a weasel here, Rob. <laughs> I know who you're picking, Gary. Come no, on. No, no, no. I, I, I don't think I've ever done this, but – I've got two predictions here. If <laughs> if Alexander plays, okay, Gary. Gary, let's just work under this assumption. I th- because I do think Alexander will play. They'll get him right for this football game. Okay, if if he if he plays and yep. he's healthy, I'm picking the Packers to win. Wow. All right. Um, 27-24. Conversely, if they if he doesn't play, I think it's going to be a long day for Green Bay, and they're going to lose like thirty-four to twenty-four. Uh, so you're again, saying Jair Alexander is worth 13 points in this football game. I, I do, just because wow. of what I talked about earlier. They they have so many weapons, and if Alexander isn't on the field and they got to compensate for whoever replaces them, Valentin, I, I would imagine, it, it, it's not going to look good. <laughs> so now that now the real question is, are they going to surpass 40 million viewers? <laughs> like they did for the Cowboys game. And that, that I mean, that's crazy, Rob. And just to put this into context, when the Bucs won the NBA championship, you know, a few years ago, yeah, the, the decisive game was 11 million people, okay? Crazy. That, that Packer-Cowboy game was 40 million. I mean, just, just unbelievable. Well, we, I mean, we all know whatever the NBA product is nonsense and they can't hold a candle, you know, to, to the NFL's product, Gary. I mean, and we've talked about this, right? You can, you can give people Arizona, Washington at 1130 on a Wednesday evening and, you know, they got to watch it till two in the morning and they will Gary. Right. Yeah, so yeah. now, not not now you get two legendary franchises that have met more than any other in the history of, of the NFL in the postseason. We thought Green Bay Dallas was a lot last week with the ninth matchup. Now, you know, now now that now the Packers are going to see someone they've seen even more. And we've got this history of remarkable games, right? The TO game in, in 98, you know, two years ago, that divisional playoff in Green Bay, the Kaepernick games along the way, Favre sticking it to the to the 49ers during their heyday. I mean, there's there is so much history, Gary, between these two organizations in the postseason. That'll be played, you know, uh, out all week long. Yeah, oh, absolutely, Gary. They'll pass 40 million. They've gotten prime time on a Saturday night. What else is anybody gonna do? That is true. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if you live in Wisconsin and it's gonna be like 30 below zero. But, anyways, um, Rob, thanks for uh your Immense. I, I was going to find the proper adjective. I guess immense contributions is, is apropos here. But uh, thanks again, and uh, thanks to our listeners. Take care, and all the best. For more sports news, check back every Tuesday for our latest show. You can also follow Gary on Twitter at Gary Whipple and Whipple's Press Box.com. 